Hello and welcome to the club. I'm Rachel and I'm here with my co-host, my mom, Rachel. Hello. Hi, mom. And today's episode, we're going to talk about stage one of what we've introduced as the stages of the path to healing after you've lost a child or a sibling. And so we've named stage one the story and we named it that because it's we want to be able to tell the story of how your person passed and also your story because we feel that's as equally important to share your story and to be able to tell your story of where you were when you found out maybe you were with your child or sibling. Everyone has a different story. And so um, we'll begin today's episode um, by sharing our story and how Rudy passed away. So Rudy is my brother and he's my only sibling and my parents' only son. And so our, I believe the chain of events for us began July 26th. He passed away um, between maybe three in the morning um, by the time, you know, everyone arrived and everything, but it was July 27th. So for me in particular, because I lived with him at the time, um, the chain of events for me began July 26th. 26. It was a Tuesday morning. It was his sixth day of work. He usually worked six days mm-hmm. a week. And so it was his Friday mm-hmm. and I was totally used to the norm for us was him leaving 10, 10 a.m. and then not getting home till like 1 a.m., 1 a.m. Um, he was a, a chef, and we live about 45 minutes from town up a windy hill, mm-hmm. uh, the lake. And so we're about 45 minutes from town. So on July 26th, in the morning, about you know, nine nine o'clock ish, he and I were talking and kind of just getting together. And um, he was on his way to work, so he would he had taken a shower. He was shaving when I was talking to him. We were in his room. He had a bathroom in his room, so he was shaving. And that was on the morning of the twenty sixth. The twenty sixth, yes. Yes, and so he was talking about how it was his Friday and he was going to go fishing the mm-hmm. next day and X, Y, Z. And so it's like, okay, I'll see you. And I was on summer break because at the time I was still teaching. And so um, it was also very normal for me to, you know, wake up when he would get home. I lived with him and also, <clears throat> excuse me, my at the time boyfriend, my then boyfriend lived with us as well, and he was also in the restaurant industry. So I was used to them getting home, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the yeah. morning, again, because we live 45 minutes from town. Right. Yeah, so that was normal. So, and I would get up, you know, at that time and, you know, feed them, and we'd talk and catch up, and sometimes they would bring, you know, tacos home or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was summer break for me. And so, okay, He's shaving and he's telling me about, you know, his Friday. That's his Friday. Tomorrow, you know, I'm going to fish X, Y, Z. He says bye to me. And I say, okay, you know, I'll see you. I'll see you later. And he walks down the stairs. And so I can say that the last memory I have of him, literally, I, I know the exact memory, 
was him walking down the stairs. And so the back of his head, he's like, you know, bye, I'll see you later. Back of his head, walking down the stairs, and that was it. I know he went downstairs and he did some laundry. And um, and then that, that may not seem like important, like that's such a, like, you know, random detail, but, you know, those details come up later, right? When mm-hmm. he passed. So, okay, he had trying to change the laundry, had his clean clothes, he put them in a basket, he didn't have time to fold them, so the clean clothes were in a basket. He puts the washer clothes into the dryer, sets the dryer, and then takes off, right? So I'm still upstairs. I come downstairs and I ask my then boyfriend, hey, where's Smog? Where's Rudy? And he said, oh, he left, you know. Didn't he say bye to you already? And I said, yeah, but you know, Smog, he, he never leaves right away. Like, he always comes back comes in. Comes back in. Yeah, like, Forget at least things. twice. Because, yeah. like, oh, my wallet. Oh, my this. Oh, my, you know, change my shoes after work. And so, um, but this time he didn't. This time mm. he did not. Mm. And so he he left. I came downstairs and he was gone. And then, you know, later on during the day, my then boyfriend leaves to work too. And then that was that. Normal day. Total normal day. I had cooked dinner that night. And I put it away. Put, got a plate ready for Rudy. Put some foil over it. Put it in the fridge. And it's like, hey, when I clean the house... And um, I went to sleep, like, you know, nine-ish, something like that. I fell asleep on the couch. And then, like, around midnight, I remember waking up and thinking, okay, where are these guys? It's time for these guys mm-hmm. to start texting. I'm on my way. And that was also very normal for us to communicate with each other, you know, out of any three of us that is going to town. You're coming up, you know, A, because of the, the road, road, yeah, the drive, the time of night it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, if it's during the day, it's like you never know if someone needs, you know. Something, something from the store, town. yeah. Exactly. So it was very common for us to communicate with mm-hmm. each other. So I'm texting my then boyfriend like, hey, you know, it's midnight-ish. So now we're into the 27th, you know. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. say, have you heard from Smog? He's not, an- uh, he hasn't answered me, I don't know, X, Y, Z. And um, he says no. And then I still, it still wasn't concerned because I thought, okay, he's still cleaning or, you know, he mm-hmm. hasn't, I don't know. And so he gets home, my then boyfriend gets home. And by this time, I don't know, I don't even, I think it's like 1.30 in the morning. I mean, don't quote me in all these times because the time, mm-hmm. they might not line up. But what I'm saying is like, it, I know it's like 1-ish in the morning because by then I'm like, he hasn't even texted or nothing, you know. And so he gets home and it's like, I'm still not too worried. But then, I don't know, like around 3 o'clock because I had, by then I was like calling coworkers, his coworkers. I'm calling friends that work in the restaurant industry that, you know, they, they hang out sometimes after work. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing. No one had heard anything. And I know that they said he clocked out, uh, I believe, close to one. Mm-hmm. He had clocked out. And they said bye to him. So they did see him leave work. And then, so then I started calling. And um, even though Smog was not someone who got into trouble, he was not someone who can drive or something, you know. But, hey, so if, if they see him leave work, you know, my then boyfriend, you know, no one can find him. So it's like, okay, so I think I called the police station to see if he had been arrested, nothing. Um, we're getting into like four-ish, five-ish in the mm-hmm. morning. It's like, okay, we'll call the hospitals. He's not in the hospital. And at some point, I remember falling asleep. I mean, I mean, I fell asleep. I remember, but at some point, I fell asleep. So between 4.30-ish 
and 6 a.m. I fell asleep and then woke up at 6 a.m. and just like, you know, shot straight out of bed and I'm like, oh, he's still not there. I didn't know because I, I had fallen asleep in my room and I thought, well, maybe he's here and we didn't hear him come mm -hmm. in. And then I'm thinking, but, and you know, for a split second, I thought that. And then the reality is that I knew that the dogs would have barked. Like I would have heard him come in. So I run to his room and he's not there. And at that time, I think I felt, I felt something, something wasn't right. I couldn't, I, I can't say that I was, I definitely was not thinking death. Definitely was not thinking anything. But something no, was not right. This you is know. not like him. This is, you know, so I called my dad. My dad was working about two hours away. And so he was staying out of town during yeah. the week, running his uh, construction crew. And so uh, I called my dad about 6 a.m. And I say, Dad, you know, Rudy never came home last night. He hasn't called. Yeah, not only did he not come home, he's like, no not text. answering. No. He's like, I'm calling and I'm calling and I'm calling and yeah. I'm looking. And nobody's, you know, like, Nobody's spoken to him. Nobody, you know, they yeah. saw him leave work. So my dad says, don't worry about it. He just fell asleep somewhere. He went to a friend's house after work. He fell asleep and said, I know dad, but this is, it's just not like him to mm -hmm. not communicate. Mm -hmm. And at this point we send my then boyfriend to town because he's thinking, I'm going to drive straight to the restaurant, talk to the guys who saw him last. I'm going to drive to this, you know, and then I think he drove to the police station, even though we had called, you know, Forrest in the morning. He's, he's drove to the police station, drove to the hospital. hospital. He did the same thing. Yeah. Looking for him. Nothing, nothing. And so he calls me, I don't know, 730-ish. And he calls, he's like, nothing, you know. And so <sighs> he will come back up because I'm, you know, I'm up in, I'm up on the hill. Like, okay, we'll just come home and we'll figure this out. I don't know, you know. And then I remember when I hang up the phone with him, I thought to myself, I am going to kick Rudy's butt when I get a hold of him for doing this to me, because oh, no. this is not, this is not right. Mm -hmm. okay? Not just there's something not right about this, but at that point I got a little angry because I'm like, where the heck yeah. are you? And why would you do this? And so <clears throat> I tell him, you know, come up and we'll figure it out, you know? And so as I'm waiting for him to come up, I think close to eight in the morning. So maybe seven thirty ish, I get a knock on the door. And at the time, we had our little cousin who was staying. He was staying um, like the week with us. It was his summer break, so he came up to visit. He was asleep on the couch. And I go to the door, and I answer it, and it's two gentlemen in suits. Mm. And they had just like a regular car, so it was like not a sheriff's car or anything like that, you know. So, But I knew why they were there. I knew why they were there. I knew they were there to tell me something about smog, but I totally thought it was an accident. Mm -hmm. There has been a bad accident. And he would be in the hospital. <laughs> he would be in the hospital awesome. because Rudy's had, you know, a, a, he had a really bad accident in, when he worked in construction, mm -hmm. and so we've been there before where he got seriously hurt and mm -hmm. we saw that get scared and, you know, traumatized by it. And But he's okay. You know, Dad, right. we saw Dad fall to his knees and tell you, like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw Rudy fall, and but he's alive, you know. So we've been there before, and, you know, there's just been so much, you know, diversity mm -hmm. in life. <laughs> that That's what I thought. The worst. The worst. The worst. He's that's in, the worst. He's in a, sitting in a hospital room somewhere, and he needs us. Mm -hmm. Never. I'm, I'm not lying to you. I am not lying to you when I say to you, nothing inside of me 
thought death. No. Nothing. You don't want to go there. No. Nothing. No. And it, I just didn't think, Mm-mm. like I said, so much adversity in life. And I just didn't think that that would ever happen. That, that we were so close. Like, we are so close, the four of us. You know, it was just me and my brother. He was, I was born. My brother was four. And I literally was born with a best friend. When I got home from the hospital, I had a mm-hmm. best friend my whole life. And so I just never thought. It's like not even imagine. It just, God wouldn't do that. I don't know. I thought we were special. I just, jeez, mm-hmm. we needed yeah. each other so much. I just never thought that would happen. Right? So I'm thinking, okay, they're going to tell. So they, so they hand, or they, they're, they, one of them's holding his driver's license. And he says, he, look, he shows it to me. He says, ma'am, do you know this gentleman? I said, yes, it's my brother. I've been looking for him since, you know, last night at 2 in the morning. Like, where is he? Uh And he looks at me and he says, um, he says, well, first he said, that's your brother. And I said, I said, yeah, that's my brother. And he said, and we had our car. The, he was driving my car that night. I, I, was, I was driving a Honda. And so his, his was actually in the shop. So he was driving my car that night. And so the car was on both of our names. He helped me buy that car. And so um, they thought he was my husband. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why they that's came to I your said, house. Oh, that's first. my brother. I've been looking. For so they kind of looked at each other and said, oh, that's your brother. And I said, yes. And I said, oh, we thought he was your husband. You know, the car has both. And I said, no, it's my brother. We do live together. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, where is he? Get to the point where this right. is, you know? And that's when they looked at each other again, and they looked at me, and they said, "Ma'am, he's been in a in a in a car accident." And I said, okay, "Where is he?" And he says, "One of them says, um, he didn't make it." <gasps> you know, he. I'm sorry to tell you, he didn't make it. And all I can remember is. First of all, screaming, right? It's like screaming and telling them no. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's that didn't happen. Shove those words back in your mouth or I'll shove them in there for you. Mm-hmm. Don't say that. And I remember I grabbed his tie and I just fell to the ground and I took him with me. And I'm screaming on the ground and everything around me. I, the only thing I can explain it as is like shock. Like I went into shock. Mm-hmm. And so everything around just seemed like, like Gumby. Like in Gumby. Mm-hmm. Where things are Not like plasticky real, yeah. or like Play-Doh-ish. Like, mm-hmm. So the trees just seemed like, uh, I mean, because we're out here in nature. We live out in the lake, right? So it's like the sky was like, like I said, like Play-Doh, Gumby, just it's like surreal. Real, like nothing yeah. was real. Nothing was real. I felt like it's like Twilight Zone meets, like I said, you know, Gumby. It was just like, and I'm in the ground and I want to just like melt into the ground. Like I can't explain it. I just, for some reason, I'm sobbing into the ground and I just wanted to, like, just disintegrate into the earth mm-hmm. because I didn't want to get up. I think that's what it was. Like, I didn't want to, like, lift my face and see, like, holy sh, there's still life. You're still standing there. This is like, it's like I just wanted to just, like, put my face into the ground and, like, my whole body just, just like, I just wanted the earth to absorb me. Mm-hmm. Just, and I don't know what that's about, but... 
Well, you were in shock. Shock. Just, and so he says, ma'am, is there anyone here with you? I said, no, my little cousin is on this couch asleep. Like, are you serious? You know, I've been oh, looking God. for my brother. I couldn't find him. He says, um, he was three miles from home when he, he crashed. He, he wrecked his, the car. He fell asleep. Like I said, it was day six mm -hmm. of his ship, um, of his work week. And he worked, you know, 14, 16 hours as a chef. And he was just so exhausted. Mm -hmm. he fell, asleep. He fell asleep. Three miles before home. Fell asleep. And he hit a tree. And, um, and that's what they told me. And mm -hmm. so there I was with this information. And they said, is there anyone? So they say, you're by yourself. Is there anyone you can call? And I said, you know, my, my boyfriend's on his way home. He should be here any minute now. He went to town to look for him. And then he gets there, and I tell him, and, you know, he's freaking out. But he knows he's got to keep it together for me. So he calls my dad. And then from what I have heard, my dad was on his job site. My then-boyfriend told him the news. He, my dad drops to his knees, drops the phone. His coworker runs over picks up the phone and says, hello, you know, what's going on? Oscar? Yeah. Can't talk. What's, what did you tell him? And, you know, my then boyfriend tells him the news. So his coworker says, okay. So he picks up my dad, helps my dad. And then he tells him, I will drive with you. I'll drive you home. Cause my dad now has to drive two hours home, home. Right. Yeah. And so the thing is that here's the thing is that you were getting ready to go to work. Mm -hmm. And at the time you were teaching, Team. you were subbing, and so you were scheduled to go in. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, um, okay, so if, I, if she goes to work, and by the time my dad gets here, because he's like, again, two hours away, mm -hmm. by the time he gets here, she's gonna be, she's, she'll be at work. And then what do we do? Call her at work, pull her aside at work, and oh, come home, there's been an emergency. She's, I mean, okay, that's, I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Or do you, and then, or if you go to work, do you have to stay the whole day at work? And then I tell you when you get home, how does this work? So mm -hmm. I knew that I couldn't let you go to work. Hmm. So I called the school and I tried to tell them, I, can, I need you to call my mom if there's been an emergency and she can't go and I, she doesn't know yet and X, Y, Z. And they were kind of confused, so they didn't really understand. Like, you're calling me to call your mom off. Like, you know, we need. Uh -huh, <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't. Okay, so then I just straight up said, you know, my brother died. And I have, my dad's on his way home to, so we can tell her. So I need to buy time. So you need to call her off. And, of course, they were just like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry. I can't And, yeah, they were, okay, so. They call you off, and then um, I remember thinking, like, I hope she didn't hear me, because you must have been getting ready for work at that time, and I'm thinking, okay, I hope she didn't hear me outside screaming on the mm -hmm. front porch here with these gentlemen telling me. Right. Um, but apparently you didn't, so my dad, the co-worker, back to the co-worker, he says, can I, can I drive you home? I'll drive with you. I don't want you to drive like this, and my dad says, no, I can do it. You know, I, I, I have to go tell my wife, and so the co-worker says you know what, okay, you get get in the truck and, and I'll call you and I want to talk to you the whole way there. Mm -hmm. And and we you do lose reception once you get, like, once you start coming up the hill. So he told me, I will talk to you until you lose reception because I want to make sure you're okay, Oscar. Mm -hmm. And I know, I'm not exactly sure the conversation what they had. I know some, I never asked some of it were memories, I believe, that dad shared, like good memories and stuff. Because I'm sure dad was in shock. 
I mean, and the thing with dad is that he had to be strong. He mm-hmm. had to be, I mean, that was his breaking. That's that's how he could break down mm-hmm. on the jump side. On the jump side. And then he had to pull together, together. And, come home. Come home. and be our rock, be our person, right? Yeah. And so, okay, so I'm sitting on the porch. And we at the time, because we've always, like I said, we're a close family. We've always lived close to each other. Um, we were backyard neighbors. So you live on one street, I live on the next street, and our backyards diagonally touch. And so um, that's why I thought maybe you had heard me screaming outside. But so I'm waiting on the porch at my house, and my dad finally, after seems like eternity, my dad finally pulls up, right? And I just remember he gets out of the car, he runs over to me, and the first thing that comes out of my mouth, like this is just... It just, just, just promise me that we're going to be okay. Just tell me that we're going to be okay. Are we going to be okay? Just please tell me that we're going to be okay. And again, this is all just part of shock mm-hmm. and like coping mechanism. Yeah. Like, you know, but dad has always been like the head of the household. And then when dad wasn't there from a very young age, you know, Rudy was, like next you know mm-hmm. took care of us dad couldn't be home then Rudy took care of us so that's that was comfort for us you know mm-hmm. like dad and Rudy made sure everything was okay all of the time mm-hmm. so it's like I just needed dad to tell me like if 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 you're going to be okay and mom's going to be okay then we're going to be okay we're going to be okay right Mm-hmm. I just needed to hear from him, and he said, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And we're crying, holding each other, but I don't know. I just, like, if I didn't hear him say that, that's I probably would have lost it then. I had to hold it together long enough to be able to go tell you, right? Mm-hmm. So he gave me the strength to say, okay, let's now drive around the block and tell mom. Mm. So we get to the house and I know dad walks in first. And again, because he was working out of town, you're not expecting him at all. No. And so I know you said when he, when I first, when he first walked in, I was super surprised, but I was happy to see him because He'd been working on a town. Yeah, and so you were just like... So I was like, oh, you're, you're holy. holy. Yeah. Because it's Wednesday. Right. It's right? the middle of the week. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. And uh-huh. so... Then... Because now it's Wednesday. So I'm saying it's like... It began Tuesday morning for me because I lived with him. Uh-huh. And then... Yeah, it's just... Okay, yeah. so... He, he walks in first. You're excited to see him thinking, oh, my goodness, you're home early. Good. But then I'm behind him. Right. I yeah. saw you walk behind him, and I knew. And my then boyfriend, we're 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 with him. We're mm-hmm. with him. That's, you yeah. Said you knew something. Something. Something, something was, was going on. Something happened. Why are we all there? Why? And you and I, and by then you had gotten called off of work. Yes. They called you. And they said, called me and told me not to come in, which I you. they didn't need me. And you thought that was. And so of yeah, yeah. Odd. I thought it was odd, and that, but then at the same time, like I said, when Dad came in, I was like, oh, "Okay, we're gonna have the day off together." Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then when and I then saw you and split second. Yes, again, then I, you, I saw the your faces behind Dad, and and then he walked towards me. 
Yeah, that was um yeah. Uh it's not natural for a child to have to tell their parents no that their child, you know, is gone. Their only son is gone. And so that is something that I will never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I think dad told you. I don't even, I mean, at this point, I don't even really remember. Yeah. I think dad told you. Yeah. What I remember is the, the reaction. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. I, I believe dad told you. Same thing they, the gentleman told me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Rudy's been in an accident. You said the same thing. Where is he? Where is, Where is he? he? Let's go. You know, and you, he said, you know, he didn't make it. And and you did the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. No, where is he? Take me to him, you know. And it's like, no, he didn't make it. And, you know, you drop to the ground and you scream, screams that I've never heard before. Um, yeah, it was, that was part of the, the PTSD. Exactly. That we, as we mentioned before, you know, our support systems, one of them was counseling, and that's where we were both diagnosed no, with PTSD. PTSD. And, and that's why we say the story is the first stage, because that's part of the PTSD. Mm-hmm. You are traumatized when someone tells you, or you're there, or you're traumatized mm-hmm. when you lose a child. You're traumatized when you lose a sibling. And so that's where that's where that comes into play. The the screams that I heard, the you know them coming to tell me that he's gone, me looking for him, me searching for him, me calling hospitals, police stations, still having hope, calling dad. All of that is PTSD, mm-hmm. all of it. Um, circling back to the clothes, going to the the laundry, going to do laundry and not wanting to touch laundry because guess what? His clothes are still in the dryer. He put those clothes in the dryer. How long can I not do laundry? Because I want to just like preserve these clothes in the dryer. Mm-hmm. His clothes that were in the basket, his clean clothes, you know. His dinner plate. His dinner plate that I left him in the fridge. You know, there there it is in the fridge with foil on top of it still waiting for him. Things that he made, meals that he made. He was mm-hmm. a chef. Meals that he made were in the refrigerator. That was difficult for me to, you know. I saved them. To, to throw things away. His clothes. Everything. And, and this goes into more stage two, the aftermath. The immediate aftermath. But all of that is part of the PTSD yeah. that we experienced. It's the dessert cup I had. Remember, I saved it for years. Yes. The dessert cup that he gave me. Yes. Yeah, That that's why we believe that being able to tell the story. And and I actually, I think I told that time, this time without shedding a tear. I might have shed. Oh, actually, no, I have tissue on my hand. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I did shed a few tears. But but again, we're 12 years into this. We are 12 years into this. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that next time I tell a story, I won't cry. It's just, it, it just, but I have to tell a story, story for me personally. Everyone is different. 
And again, we've talked about some people aren't going to want to hear the details. They're not going to want to hear the story. Mm-hmm. For me, those people can go. Goodbye. Turn, uh, I, I don't know, turn your ears off. Who knows? But I'm going to tell my story. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to hear it, you shouldn't be around me. And you don't want to hear my brother's name, you shouldn't be around me. Because mm-hmm. that will always be. And so, uh, I believe that's, that, that's the story. He, like I mentioned, he fell asleep at the wheel. He was almost home. He didn't make it. And now we're left with the aftermath. Aftermath. Yeah. So, we really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to our story. Thank you. And listen to Rudy's story Mm -hmm. and help his legacy live on. And so, we are excited to hear others share Share their stories, for sure. And see if we have any similarities. How can we relate? How can we help? Mm -hmm. Um, so yes we did talk about also the song leaving leaving each episode with a suggestion some music therapy and so this episode we're going to end with Dancing in the Sky Mm -hmm. a song by Danny and Lizzie and I don't even remember who shared this song with me someone had shared this Mm. I don't know if they Two had gone through the through the same experience or similar. I, I can't remember, but someone introduced this song to me, Maybe and it definitely it. feels like this is the perfect episode for it. So, dancing in the sky, and I'll just give you um, a couple lines here. Tell me, what does it look like in heaven? Is it peaceful? Is it free, like they say? Does the sun shine bright forever? Have your fears and your pain gone away? Cause here on earth. It feels like everything good is missing since you left. And here on earth, everything's different. There's an emptiness. I hope you're dancing in the sky. And I hope you're singing in the angels' choir. And I hope the angels know what they have. I'll bet it's so nice up in heaven since you've arrived. So definitely take the opportunity to listen to Mm -hmm. that song. Read the lyrics. It's great music therapy. And for us, it was just sharing Rudy with God. God, yeah. (laughs) And so um, I know maybe some of you may struggle with the anger at this point, angry at God. And when Rudy passed away for me right away, I'm talking moments, moments after, I knew that there were two directions I could go. I could embrace God even more. I, I, we've always had a good relationship with the Lord. We, we were raised, you know, spiritual, to be spiritual, religious. Um, so I could either get closer to God and love him even more and know that this was Rudy's path, that Rudy is an angel, and he was only here on borrowed time. And so I could either accept that you you blessed me with my brother for a short period of time and he was only here on borrowed time and you had to take him with you because he has to go join the army 
of love and God and greatness and fight against the evil. So I had to love God even more so that I can stay close, close to Rudy. To and if I turned my back on God and hated God for it, blamed God for it, then I felt like I wasn't going to let my brother go in peace. And my brother spent his whole life looking after me, his whole life, making sure I was okay. His whole life, he made sure he protected me. So when he passed, I didn't want him to worry about me. And I didn't want to be angry at God and then Rudy would be stuck. You know, like, I can't go. I can't go be in God's mm -hmm. army because I have to be careful. My sister, something's, you know, I have to be here and take care of her. So right away I chose, like, go be with God, small. He needs you. I'm going to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> You're on earth. Yeah. But I need you to go and be in peace and not worry about me. And I'll take care of mom and dad. But I need you to finally, finally go be at peace, Moggy. So for me, that's why this song hit home because mm -hmm. uh, it's home because for that reason, it's like, I know that you're in heaven and you're dancing and you're happy and you're hanging out with God, God. God's best friend, just mm -hmm. fighting the evil, <laughs> <laughs> opening doors for us. We're so blessed right now. Mm -hmm. So blessed. And I know that it's because of you and the dear Lord. So that's why with this song, it's like, you know, I hope. They know how good they have it because they have you. And mm -hmm. you're singing in the angels' choir, just living living the best you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yes, that's what we leave you with, Dancing in the Sky. Make sure you listen to that if you need a little music therapy. Thank you again for listening, and we hope to hear your story soon.